no, no, it's not the end of the theater season. It seems like it's the end of the theater season because it's June, but it's not the end of the theater season. There's still theater going on. Irish Classical, Onion Game, Cabaret over at the uh, Second Generation Theater, and of course, I'm going to forget somebody and annoy somebody, but the Kavanoki Theater doing lifespan of a fact. We'll tell you more about that with my first guest today, who is Kyle Locanti, director of the aforementioned lifespan of a fact featuring uh, people you've heard of. Anyway, uh, Kyle is our RLTP ensemble at work elsewhere feature this week, but we also have Rolando Gomez who is a terrific actor. He is the co-founder of Raices Theater Company, and he's going to be here talking to us about everything that happened in his life that brought him here to Buffalo, New York, from Puerto Rico. And I always feel strange when I try to sound authentic Latino, because I'm Italian. I mean, we're all sort of related, right? And I always sound foolish. Anyway, Rolando will be here shortly, but first we're going to start off with an Ensemble at Work Elsewhere member. Kyle is a regular to the podcast, so let's bring in the lovely Kyle Locanti to talk about what's happening over at the Cavanoki and who's involved here on our LTP's Off-Road. How's the journey been? <laughs> For this show, Ms. Director, interesting isn't even the right isn't even the right word. Yeah. And and as you know, we're not alone. I mean, every theater in town, every theater probably in the country, is going through the same thing that we are going through. We started working in was it December? December, yeah. We started working in December. And we stopped working in January, 10 days, I think, shy of when we would have opened. So we got a good chunk of the rehearsal So we've been in. working on this for six months. So it will be damn good. And a few people will ever get off book. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Well, nobody told you that. <laughs> so then there was a hiatus where Lorraine just put us on the back burner mm -hmm. to get the next two shows in, which have now come and gone, and now it's our turn to get back. And we're luckier than most because yeah. we didn't just get canceled. Right. Of course, the night is young, as they say. That's uh, right. We, who knows what could happen. But we didn't just get canceled. Lorraine came to us and said, well, how about if we just postpone it? Which yeah. was a great solution. Well, good, because, you know, we didn't have to come here in the winter. And yeah. people didn't have to come to the show in the winter. Yeah. Which was nice. Yeah. So. And yeah. it's it is... You know, it's her hope, it's our hope that now weather's getting nicer, people are able to be outdoors more. We are hoping and hoping and hoping that the numbers will start to fall. And by the time we are ready to go with this, we'll have a good shot at Remember it. Remember when we kept always thinking that, well, by that time it'll be... Oh, my be, Lord. Oh, well, by, by that time it'll be fine. Oh, by that time. We've been saying that for every six months for two and a half two years. Two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Well, by that time. By June, it'll be all cleared up. By June, and then we've hit another peak again. So now, oh. ever the optimists, we just keep <laughs> trying, and fingers crossed. Knock on wood, we'll get there. Okay, so I don't know anything about this show. Uh, why don't you? <laughs> why don't you tell us a little about it? Because well, I, it's an amazing cast. I first I of all paid no attention to anybody's <laughs> but my own line, so I'm not sure what's going on. Why don't you talk about it? 
it is based on a book written by a rather renowned essayist and the young intern who was hired to fact check an essay for publication. The book is one of the most fascinating books I ever read, not just because of the story it tells, but because of the way you, as a reader, interface with the book. And if you haven't read Lifespan of a Fact, pick the book up because it really is an experience. Then three playwrights got involved and took the book written by two authors and turned it into this play. The play has two characters that we are familiar with from the book, the essayist and the fact checker, but it also has a third character, the editor of the magazine. So it is the same story that the book tells, but it is told in a more a slightly more active way. But at the at the base of it all is the is the question of the difference between facts and the truth. And I don't want to really say anything more than that. I think that's enough. I think the book and the play both do a marvelous job of making the reader or the audience really consider what is the difference. And like all good art, the person reading or viewing it should be saying, where am I in this story? How do I feel? Do I take John Degata's side or do I take Jim Fingal's side? And and that's where the fun is. And it is it is the play deals with very, very serious subject matter, but it also allows the audience to have a real good time with it. It's fun, it's funny, it's light, until it isn't. Yeah. And and that's I think that's the sign of some pretty pretty powerful writing. It really is very, very, very funny. And and you hit upon the fact that you, you go back and forth, because you allowed me to read the book as well, and you go back and forth on it where you're saying, well, yeah, John DeGott is right about this. That, you know, he should be able to. Well, no, Jim Fingal's right, because that, that changing of that fact, well, no, John DeGott is right. And you will go back and forth on it just on your own, just watching it, knowing that it's a true story and wondering who actually ends up being right and wrong, and is there that fine a distinction between facts and, and truth, and why is it important to be truthful, and why is it important that a fact remain a fact, and what if you change it to make something a little, a little bit better sounding in an essay? Is that a good idea? Is that a fair idea? Is that a fair... So, yeah, and, it, and just to go back, so this was based on a true story of this guy, John Degata, submitting an essay about an incident, and it was given to a fact checker who then came up with a lot of questions, mm -hmm. confusions, uh, arguments about what was truth, and he checked all the facts. And then somehow the two of them decided to write a book about it. That's, I think, the, the, the most fun. They are, they are at each other's throats, quite literally, on opposite sides of this argument through the entire process, but then you step back and go, but wait. Then they decided to collaborate on the book. Mm. 
And I think that probably speaks to the fact that somewhere along this journey that they were taking, this this monumental battle between not really right and wrong, but more interestingly, writer or less right, <laughs> wronger or less wrong. It, it's it's not so it's not so clearly defined, which to me makes it more interesting. But somewhere along their journey, one can only think that they developed a respect and appreciation, if not agreement, with the other person's point mm-hmm. of view, which to me, I just like the way that story plays out. It's really fascinating. And, and of course, John Degata's attitude is a little bit more, a little bit closer to Stephen Colbert's. Mm-hmm. It may not be a fact, may not be exactly the truth, but there's a, a flavor of truthiness yes. about it. Yes. And as long as that flavor of truthiness exists, you actually make the point better. So serving the truth, the larger actually, truth, the larger truth. Yeah. Actually, maybe we're making this sound dry, but I think it's very funny and very, very entertaining. <laughs> And well, they're two funny guys. Yeah. They they're quick-witted and sharp. quick-witted and sharp, and the insults that fly back and forth, <laughs> and the sort of the attitude of their boss is there's a lot of fun, funny stuff going on in in service of this whole thing, and it 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 isn't dry. It's a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. hopefully the viewers will will agree and enjoy the. And it's not. It. A, it's also probably should mention. It's not a very long play. No, no. So, I don't know. Have we estimated the length? An hour and a half, maybe. I think it is hour and a half, maybe an hour and thirty five, something like that. There, there will be an intermission. There will be an intermission, the, but yeah, but it's a it's a fairly quick. You know, these newer plays are they're not three hours anymore. You know, and. Yay. <laughs> so, yeah. so the cast you got saddled with. The cast I got saddled with, of my own doing. Now, come on. Uh, I can't put that off on anybody. <laughs> Lorraine O'Donnell, the artistic executive director here at the Cavanoke, is playing the editor. And the fact checker, the young intern, Jim Fingal, is being played by Brian Brown. And this guy... Peter Palmisano, actually, you might know him, is playing Jim Degata. I have not heard good things. (laughs) Well, don't let those facts get in the way. (laughs) (laughs) There's an air of truthiness about that, about that as well. It opens opens on June June 10th, 10th, Friday, June 10th. The 26th, is it? I believe that's the yeah, the Sunday, the 26th. There is a preview on the 9th. The evening of the 9th will be Mm -hmm. one open preview, and then we open on Friday the 10th, correct? That's correct. Well, listen, I probably am going to listen to this when I get home and decide that it's way noisier in here than I thought. <laughs> if we have to do it again, we have to uh, do it again. Yeah, but how could we ever Never duplicate really. we can't. this uh, conversation? It'll be a new marvelous thing of its own. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Lacanti, director of Lifespan of a Fact at the Cavanoke, June 10th through the 20th. Sixth, running on all the usual days, and God willing, fingers crossed, knock on wood, we will get a full run of three weeks. Yeah. So. Yep. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you, Peter.
You know, I don't like to blow my own horn, although, as David Letterman says, I would if I could. But the thing is, I really like this play. It's called The Lifespan of a Fact. If you get a chance to see it, drop over to the Kavanoke Theater and check it out until June 26th. And now here's Rolando Gomez here on Off-Road. Welcome to Off-Road. Thank, you. You. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll tell you one thing. I remember the first time I saw you was in the, the MFR with a hat. Oh, yes. And I said, this guy's pretty good. <laughs> Because, you know, funny. you're always looking at the competition. Yes, 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 you know? yes, yes. And then you were in, what was it? Golden Boy. Golden Boy. Boy. And then I saw you in, I just saw you recently in, in, in the other one there. Stage uh, Kiss. Stage Kiss. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> loved what, what a piece for, for actors. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it was like so cool to be in a play as you are rehearsing for the play. <laughs> <laughs> did you, now, did you, did you find that a lot of it, I shouldn't say a lot of it, but some of it, really only appealed to because uh, like and i'm sitting there and i'm an actor and i'm recognizing yeah that goes on when we're rehearsal exactly. and, yeah that happens and so on <laughs> did you find that it was even universal that everybody got a kick out of it as well uh we found that i work for the county right as a child protective services worker mm-hmm. and i was able to for the irish to provide half price tickets for county workers who were we use a code and all this oh, stuff. Oh, how terrific. Because it dawned on me that one of the main themes for this play that we just did at the Irish Classical called Stage Kids has to do with marriage. Mm-hmm. And in the county, we work with families. Sure. So I said, maybe that's a good thing for workers that are going to homes or dealing with this stuff to see something positive about marriage. What a nice idea. So they were great about it. And so a lot of people that went for the first time to a theater. I was just going to say that. They were. When there. you can open up somebody's eyes like that, that's, it, it, something that's that they, why we do this, right? Yeah. Me and you. <laughs> we do this for that reason. So people can be inspired. Yeah. Or people can learn something. What a what a privilege and what an honor to be able to say yes. I, through my art, I'm able to inspire people to change or to to get them better. What what other profession we can do? That? I, we can, I, I we can say that. So. Well, teacher, because yeah. I was that for you. Yeah, but, yeah. But you know that's a whole different thing. <laughs> but yeah, that. But absolutely, it's a, it's it's teachers, acting, performance. You can inspire people to change, and that's half the battle for me. I, I'm, I'm sure you in know. your role at CPS, you're exactly you're changing people's lives all the time. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. So let's talk about you for okay. a second. How, how long have you been in Buffalo? I moved to Buffalo in 1994 because I was going to get married to my uh, to my wife, mm-hmm. and I got married in '95. Well, now wait a minute. Was she here already? She was here already. Because we're jumping ahead in the story. Oh here. yeah, I yeah. I want to know how you met Marie. But, but <laughs> so it's really funny. But though. so she, well, you came up. Well, I went to New York City because I was working. I. I I was in New York. Exactly. Exactly. New York to Buffalo. Okay. So what happened to me was that I I always knew since I was probably 12 years old, I knew that I wanted to be an actor. I was a Boy Scout in Puerto Rico, Mm -hmm. and we used to do this anniversary of the troop, and we do 
dramatizations and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing myself on stage and, and people laughing what we were doing about what we were doing. And we were, oh, this is I like to do this, right? <laughs> and then we started. I like doing, this yeah, yeah. yeah. And 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 then we started doing Jesus Christ Superstar in Spanish, in the community. And I kept on working on that stuff. And then I get to high school. And then my, my friends, I listen to my friends, unfortunately. <laughs> I, they say, you want to be what? <laughs> you want to be an actor? You're going to be poor, bro. Yeah, we're, we're, there's no money in that. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you're going gonna to be hungry. <laughs> and I was like, I kind of, you know, allow that to influence me a little bit. Uh -huh. So when I went to University of Puerto Rico, I went for psychology, thinking that this is the closest thing I can do in acting because I have to learn about character development and stuff like that. Oh, so I was, I, was, I, was, I was close enough. Okay. But at the same time, while I was at the University of Puerto Rico, the drama club in univers the University of Puerto Rico, which has been in existence since 1960s. So it's a really well-known Teatro Rodante Puerto Rican. Okay. And we did the audition I got in, I kept on working, and then I I saw Raul Julia's oh. performance, and I got inspired, and I left Puerto Rico at 21, 22 years old, not knowing anybody in New York City, to follow my acting career. Wow. Inspired by this man. And now, what, what did you see Raul Julia do? Uh, he did a couple of the Shakespeare things that he did oh. at the public, and also he did a Spanish film in Puerto Rico, called La Gran Fiesta. Mm. And he played this poem, this poet that comes in and does <laughs> something really crazy. And, and I was like, I wanna be, I wanna be like that. And then when I learned that he loved Shakespeare and that he was making himself really well known through his acting, despite his accent. Mm. See? Mm -hmm. So I got inspired and I left. I went to live with my uncle who used to live in the Bronx in a really bad place. I went to Salvation Army in New York City, bought a 50 cent suit, went to the bank, <laughs> got a job at the bank. I didn't know English at the time, but I, I studied a little bit, you oh, know, man. and I went, I got the job, and then I went to audition at the Spanish rep, and they, I got in and worked for the Spanish rap. So you didn't even know English before that? No. Well, Raul Julia was speaking, was, was yes. not doing a show in English. He was... he was doing it in English, but in the United States. Oh, he was in the United oh, States oh, already. Oh. I learned about his struggles. I learned about, you know, how even though he was in a completely different country, he never lost, you know, his Puerto Ricanness. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. he, he fought hard to work and the work that he did in different films and different theater pieces was amazing. So I, I got inspired, I said, if he can do it, I can do it too. And, I, mm -hmm. and, and, and when I moved to New York City and I started working out the Spanish rep, imagine, I was working in Spanish. Mm. I didn't have to learn another language. I worked in that theater from 89 to 94, 95 and at one point, in 1993, 94, I was doing seven plays at the same time, all in Spanish, oh, man. at their Spanish rap. Wow. Seven plays at the same time. Let me, let me ask you, at any point did you take formal English training? 
Or did you just pick it up because you had been here a while now? Yeah, yeah. I, I picked it up and I, in Puerto Rico, you take English classes from first grade to high school, but I it's see. all grammatical. I see. It's not conversational. So they came to New York, you know, and, and I was so immersed in the theater culture. Mm -hmm. I, was, I didn't even listen to no, football. Imagine me, a Giants fan. A Giants are just fan. I will oh, kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I can't. I can't see it. Okay. So I, I, while I was there in New York City, there's not a lot of football in Puerto Rico, so I never learned about football. So I said, until I come to Buffalo, mm. that in '94, '95, well, after all those perfect timing. But uh, well, if you want to suffer for the rest of the decades. <laughs> 95, was that the first that's the, loss? That's the last one. The that last, was the, the, the last one. The last, the last yeah, of the four. The last oh, of the four. Yeah, yeah. All right. We're, we shouldn't be talking football. <laughs> but Well, for, first when you said football, I said, wait a minute, does he mean soccer? Were they talking about yeah, No, yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. Football, 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 American the bills, football. The bills, because I wrote, I wrote something for, the, for my bio for Stage Kids. I, oh, I remember it. I yeah, remember and, it. And, yeah, and all that connection, mm -hmm. because it was marriage, and then learning about football and learning about the Bills and how they had been fighting for that Super Bowl oh, for so for long. So long, and then bang, bang, and bang, bang. It's it it inspired me. So it's like, yeah, that's 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 what it means to be committed. It's gonna happen again, my friend. Yes, it's coming. It is coming. It is coming. <laughs> I, I, the reason why I ask about the English stuff is because yeah. you, you, you know you go to New York, but now you're you're immersed in another Spanish-speaking theater situation. So you're not really surrounded by people who are speaking English, mm -hmm. and God knows New York is filled with every language Absolutely. in the world. So maybe more when you got here to Buffalo. I didn't. I didn't have to. I didn't have to speak English to work. Mm -hmm. I, I was believe. telling you about the bank. Sure. The bank that I work was the Banco Popular. Banco Popular or Popular Bank. Is, is originally from Puerto Rico, but they have branches in New York City. Uh -huh. So I went. It's it, it, I didn't. You're a natural speaker. You're and, and no problem coming in. Beautiful. So, but then you know I got really depressed because I was just working full time. I was not working as an actor, and I got really really depressed. And I was like, oh my god, I got. And then took a bartender class, and then Manuel Martin, the, the that teacher, was gonna direct Botanica which is a, a play that was written by a Cuban playwright, mm -hmm. Dolores Prida, that also passed. And he was going to direct, and he said, audition. He picked me, and that's how my whole history with that theater started. Mm -hmm. All in Spanish. All in Spanish. All in Spanish. And then uh, we did a play about one of the novels of Gabriel Garcia Marquez mm -hmm. with Miriam Colón. And we did that in English and in Spanish. Oh. So we did some some things that gave me credits for equity. I see. At that, at that point. I see. I became a SAG while I was there in New York City because of the, all the commercials and TV commercials and stuff. And was an incredible training because I never had any training either. Wow. So, so it, in Puerto Rico, when you were with the theater down there, you were, you, you I were just, just absorbing. I just, I just did the play yep. and I, I didn't go to You were to learning from those class. around you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then at the, in New York City, I entered the, what they call the Puerto Rican Traveling Theater Company in New York City, run by Miriam Colón. Miriam Colón was the mother of. Did you see Scarface? Yes, of course. She played yeah. the mother oh, okay. of Scarface. Okay, that's Miriam Colón. Mm -hmm. 
founded the Puerto Rican Traveling Theater back in the 60s, at the same time, 60s, at the same time, the Spanish Strip was also being founded by these Cuban guys. Mm -hmm. They formed Spanish Strip. So I ended up going to the, their training unit because there was a teacher there. His name, he passed on now. His name is Manuel Martin. He was the one of the last students of Lee Strasberg. Of course. And he founded the first fully bilingual theater in New York City next to La Mama. It was called the Duo Theater. Okay. So he's the one that directed the first play that I end up at the Spanish Shrap. <laughs> right? Yes. And, and I'm telling you this because when I start, started working with him in acting skills and all that, in, in their training unit, I remember he, he telling me, Rolando, you're 23, 24 years old. You're ready to go. Go to Los Angeles. Go, go. And I was like, no, no, because what I want first before I get out of here is a family. Oh. I wanted a family, all right? I already have gotten divorced, my first two kids. Oh, I see. So it was very painful for me to leave them. And I said, no, I want a family, among other things. I don't want to keep on jumping. So I started praying and meditating, right? And then a couple of years later, that's when I you know, met my wife. At the time, she was my friend because, <laughs> this is funny, this is how it, the whole thing comes together, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm still witnessing I, how I, you I, met okay, okay. I'll give you... <laughs> <laughs> I promise it has a... a it's coming to <laughs> it's a coming conclusion. To a conclusion. Okay. <laughs> My wife's family is from Buffalo. Okay? okay. Her dad used to be an executive director here for the Hispanic agency here. He used to work in the community. He's one of the ones that started Spanish radio here, Rafael Perez. And they lived in Puerto Rico at 10 years. Okay. But out of those 10 years... Seven or so lived in my own neighborhood. So her brother and I became best friends in high school. I see. So I started coming to the family, and I became really close. I got married, had the first kid. Her mom used to babysit my first son. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh, this is all connected. All connected, wow. all connected. Okay. Then her brother went to the Army. The whole family came back to Buffalo. Her dad stayed behind about three months because he was part of the National Guard in Puerto Rico. And he lived in my house for three, three months while he completed his tour. Mm -hmm. And then he went back to Buffalo. Then I went to New York in October of 88. <laughs> okay. Now, 88, we go now move forward to uh, 1994 when she had a car accident here. She went to New York. I learned that she was coming, that the whole family was coming. And I said, oh, I have two tickets to see Paul Calderon, really great actor at the public theater, uh, about this play about boxing. Okay. I had no idea what it was. But uh, I said, I got two tickets. You want to come? So she said, yeah, sure. And I took her to see this play. I had no idea what the play was about. And then when we started watching the play, they, they had this, it was uh, gay boxing. Oh. <laughs> And then they got naked on stage and everything. Oh, no. And my poor wife, who was really religious at the time. <laughs> Making a nice impression there. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but when I started to see all that, I just went like this. 
to her. I am using my arm to go around her, you know, her shoulders yes. to kind of protect her, you know. <laughs> and she then tells, you reached up and covered her exactly. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> she said that when I did that, that she felt like electricity. And we watched the play. We went for tea afterwards. And then I said to her, you know, in part of the conversation, okay, so... Um, you don't have a boyfriend, you know, what's going on? He said, no, no. I said, I don't have a girlfriend. So if in a couple of years we don't find anybody, we marry each other. Let's do that. <laughs> Yo, oh, nine man. months later, we're getting married. You're all romance, my <laughs> friend. All romance. <laughs> hey, listen, if we got nothing else going on, well, what do you say you and I get together? Get together. What the heck? <laughs> and it happened and that way. And she bought it. She and she bought it. it. And we had a long-distance relationship. I have to make a decision whether I should say New York. I, I already have a, a career there. I was doing commercial, all in Spanish, in my own language. Mm -hmm. I don't need to leave. But I always had this desire to finish my degree. Mm. I was going to be my first one in my family to have a degree. I had great training. Like I was telling you, I had so many plays and classical Spanish, you know, modern, wonderful. But I always wanted that degree. And so I had to make a decision, whether stay in New York, bring her with me, or go to Buffalo. Okay. So we were trying to watch this film about the life of Jesus Christ based in the Gospel of Luke. You know, it was when, uh, when we used to have those little mom and papa's video stores. Yes, yes. So I went to one that I near my house, and I found it. The exact thing we were trying to watch. I watch it. At the end, he has a prayer. Hey, if you have a question, I'm going to pray now. My question was, what should I do? Should I stay in Buffalo? Should I come to Buffalo? Or should I stay in New York City? About 3 o'clock in the morning, like a veil dropping from my eye. And I have to go to Buffalo. Just to, hit you. Just hit me. I have to go to Buffalo. The day before, I left New York City. And a friend of mine, who's an actress, who was also part of the, the Spanish rap, she just bought a book called The I Ching. And she said, you want to do it? I said, yeah, sure. What's your question? So my question was, okay, what am I going to do in Buffalo? And, you know, with, the, with that book, you take th three pennies, you, you know, go like this, throw it, and then depending on heads or tails, you get the number, and then you go and look for the answer in the book. I see. So the question is, what am I going to do in Buffalo, right? The first thing that came up, seeking union. <laughs> I was about to get married. Sure. Right? Nice. And then he says, and if you don't believe it, do it again and see what it says. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been afraid of none of that stuff, so let's do it. What came out after? Seeking spiritual union. And that's when I said, I am in the right track. This is like you're rolling the dice. You're rolling sevens every time. I, absolutely. Yes. And that's the faith. That's that's. You know, the, the ability to, to know, you know, how the universe is presenting itself to you mm -hmm. and how you have to prepare and to live like you already have it. I see. So things will live. Because I tell my kids the same thing is if you want to go A to D, you can't jump off B and C. Mm -hmm. You have to go through that stuff in order to get to the D. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's been like that. I have to go to Buffalo. And a couple of things that could happen is I could finish my degree. 
which I always wanted. Mm-hmm. I could learn English finally, <laughs> for real. <laughs> was um, it the, de- the degree in psychology that you started? No, they, I, or you that's, the, the, that's the, that's the, the I started degree. I, I, the theater. Because uh-huh. when I came to Buffalo then, finally got married, I was trying to get to UB, right? I Everybody's see. talking about UB, UB, UB. And um, Miss, she's Argentinian, and she came to the Spanish rep before I moved to Buffalo. And she said to me, I teach in, in, in UB. And... When I came to Buffalo, I was trying to get in, but I couldn't. There was, there's, uh, you know, the financial situation, many things I couldn't get to it. But then I auditioned for the Cavanoki yes. in 97 to do Man of La Mancha. Okay. With, uh, you remember Steve. Steve Cooper. And, and uh, uh, Norm. Norm. Norm yes. yes. Yeah. So I auditioned for Man of La Mancha. And I auditioned for the Hardy Boys at Toy. Toy. At mm-hmm. Toy. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to choose Mano La Mancha because it's the closest, things, closest thing to my culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, Raul Julia did it. Uh. <laughs> so I was <laughs> like. Raul again. Yeah. So I was like, I- I'll do that. And then it was my first English, all English production. Oh. Ever. And in a musical. And a year later, I am at UB watching Edward James Olmos do a speaker series. Mm-hmm. You know they do it at uh, UB? Sure. And I was talking to him. Raul Julia has passed already. Yes. And I asked him, hey, did you know him? Oh, I loved him. I miss him. So we had a great conversation. And then Tony Chase mm-hmm. comes to me. Say, hey, are you Rolando Gomez? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm Tony Chase. Um, did you know that you guys won Best Ensemble of the Year for for, for, a, Ma- for, for I said, what is that? <laughs> what is a <laughs> what's what, an audio? What award? is an audio award? Yeah. You know, and he, so he explained it to me. I said, oh my God, that's amazing! I'm new here, so I'm sorry I didn't know. Blah blah blah. And then he said, I heard you. You trying to get back to college? Say yes. Why don't you come to my college? And I was like, who are you? And he said, I'm uh, the assistant to the president of Buff State. Buff State. <laughs> oh, all right. And then he is the one that put me in touch with Ms. Berkowitz, who is an EOP counselor. And she said to me, were you poor when you were in Puerto Rico? I said, most definitely. <laughs> Food stamps and then whole nine. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and she said, you get me a proof, you get me proof of that? I get you in here. Great. So I call my friends in, in Puerto Rico that used to work with the mayor over there, and he found it, and that's how I was able to get in through EOP. And it took me six years because remember, I just got married. I'm about to start a family, working full time, and I needed to do this. And it took me six years. And a diverticulitis attack. <laughs> a little sidebar. Here. A little sidebar. By, by the way, I was just, I was all, I almost died double, of that stress. Doubled over pain. <laughs> yes. And and uh, and so I finished it in six years. But Hispanics United of Buffalo, which is one of the agencies here, were kind enough to allow me to be flexible with my schedule, and I was able to finish my whole degree in acting, they took 30 credits from my credits in Puerto Rico, from the University of Puerto Rico. Oh, great. Terrific. Yes. It it worked out like one after the other. Mm -hmm. And including Raul Julia stuff, because right before the pandemic, 
I did Kiss of the Spider Woman. Yeah, and I wanted to do that one because he played that character. Yes. And I said, if that play comes along in my life, I want to play it. And it did. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it was COVID hit and then it, uh, it was hard. We only had, we only had what, yep. four, four performances. Yeah. But it was so hard and so heartfelt. But I felt good that I was able to do that in mm -hmm. his name. You know, I wish I could have worked more in, you know, like making the difference between my accent, Spanish accent, and doing more English stuff, more more uh, neutral English and stuff like that. And but it's really really hard for me. And and then after graduating, I auditioned at Yale. I passed the first first uh, three hundred people, and then stay here, and then started you know, Raices Theater Company with Victoria and a couple of other friends. Well, we, I've got a bunch of questions about that, too. Yeah. But, but let me just stop you, sir. So you graduated. First of all, did you get married as soon as you came to Buffalo? I came to Buffalo to get married. To, you came here to get married. So then you also continue to... To pursue my, my, your, well, my, your, your my college, college degree. Exactly. degree. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then after college, you, you apply to Yale, and obviously you would have to leave town for exactly. that. Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But had you started a family at that point? I st yeah, my, my Alejandro was born in 97. Okay. I knew he was going to be an actor because I was doing Men La Mancha, and he was two months old, and he was in the audience <laughs> with my wife. Yes. You know how Men La Mancha is loud? Uh, it's, it's a huge a musical. Yeah, yeah. Didn't make a peep <laughs> throughout the whole freaking thing. <laughs> I said, that kid is going to be an actor. Oh, yeah. He belongs in the theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kramer was the musical director at, at, for that. Randy Kramer. Randy yep. Kramer. Mm -hmm. And then, look at this. 20 years later, Randy Kramer is directing In the Heights. And my son and I are in the play. Oh, your son and you in the play. How wonderful. What a great feeling that had to be. Imagine. With the same, you know, we... I told Randy, it's like, this is a, a full circle for me. Mm -hmm. He was in the audience of my, for my first Beautiful. English Buffalo play mm -hmm. to now, now my son is on stage with me. Wow. And we both got nominated for Best Supporting Actor in a Musical. <laughs> and we both lost. <laughs> because you stole votes from each other. Exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know, a real dad would have bowed out so that his son could it, have it, all uh, you should have just the, all, disqualified all of the <laughs> okay now let me just quick ask you yeah so now victoria <clears throat> who is maria's sister yes, yes correct okay so you had known her for a long time too since she was four years old wow wow and so what possessed the two of you to say we need to form a latinx a latino latina whatever mm -hmm. We need to form Raices in Buffalo. Yeah. Why? <laughs> a couple of reasons. There's some, some selfish reasons for me was that I knew I was not going to be able to do Spanish plays anymore. Because? Because we have to produce it ourselves. Ah, uh, okay. There was, no, there was no Spanish theater here. Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm coming from Spanish theater all the time. I see. To do Mano La Mancha and then not working do my acting in college, do plays in college, and then graduating in 2003. And in, the, in between that, I did Ujima uh, Riff Raff, mm -hmm. and 
references to Salvador Dali makes me hot. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I had that desire to have the people in Buffalo experience what I experienced as a, as a Puerto Rican, as a Latino man in place, watching plays and in culture and stuff like that. So we, we were like, we got to do this here for our people. So you had a, you know, you had been away from the Puerto Rican theater, but you had a longing to get or back to, to it and back. to offer that to the community, to the here. community here. Exactly. I understand. And, and, you know, Victoria just graduated from AMDA. There was not a lot of actors in Latino actors in Buffalo. And we did Botanica Adujima in Spanish and for the first time in the history. Mm. And then after that, we fell off a little bit for a while. And then Victoria took over as an artistic director when we did La Gringa at Rollers Travel when they were at the uh, Market Arcade. Yes, yes. And that was our first full-length, fully English production of Spanish descent. So you and Victoria are sitting around one day. You invite her over to the house, <laughs> you know, her sister's there, and, and you say, uh, uh, what do you think we start a theater company? We, we started that Spanish comedy that we did. It was very successful. Oh my God, it's funny. But before that, I gotta mention this. They elected for the first time a Latino man he was the first council member of Latino descent elected in Buffalo. In Buffalo. So they used to have the, the first Hispanic of Western New York conference. And it was a committee to bring, you know, he was a council member. He wanted to do more good things, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I was part of that committee. I was being involved in community stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I was able to bring for the first time a Spanish play from New York City. Teatro Circulo used to do Los Titingos de Juan Bobo. It's a Spanish play, and it's a comedy. And I went to Chase Manhattan Bank. And I said, hey, can I get $5,000 to do this for this community? And they gave me $5,000. <laughs> well, wonderful. Yeah, and I was able to bring Teatro Circulo to this conference, and that was the first time that this community have observed a Spanish play. Were you surprised at the at the reception? Oh yes. At how how many people and how thirsty? Because how I, thirsty have, they I, were I, for this. I have experienced it because we used to at the Spanish rep we did a lot of traveling. We traveled through different communities, Latino communities in the nation. Mm -hmm. In the summer, we used to go to, for example, Texas, uh, Los Angeles, Chicago, Massachusetts, uh, Rochester, and every time we would go to do one of the plays in Spanish, I noticed the Spanish community so thirsty for it. I could see it. I could feel it. So when I came to Buffalo, of course, that's what I remember. You knew that was the I desire knew that was, was a there. need. Mm -hmm. I knew that it was a need that it would be awesome for people to experience it. So when I did that first to bring these people, I show that there's a need. Mm -hmm. And then after I graduated, then we go back to that idea of creating our own theater company. And, it, and we started. I see. And then a couple of years later, that's when then Vicky talked to me and said, I want to be the artistic director so I can keep on, because I, it was hard for me working full time sure, to sure. be m m giving more time yes. to the theater. So I said, great. And then she took over and then she took it to the next level. I see. And your wife, Maria, 
Did she have uh, any formal theatrical training as well? She's a singer. She's a she's yes. she's a, so her bachelor's degree is in communications and a minor in singing. Okay, so it's all related to to the arts. Sure. Well. She sure. sang in Puerto Rico at the Center for the Arts in Puerto Rico with a very very famous famous singer, and that was her debut out there. Yeah. But that's that's where Alejandro gets his singing, not from me. <laughs> uh, and um, because she's a singer and and of course she's part of our uh, you know ensemble as well. Now she is the uh, managing director of Raices. Okay, well that was my next question. So yes. what's the what's the division of, of labor in there? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so Victoria is the artistic director, director, and uh, my wife now is you know in a couple of months she's now the program manager mm-hmm. of the group, and now we you know now that COVID is done probably go back and there's a movement in the community to create a theater for us and for the community. It's, it's a $10 million project. An actual an theater, actual a building, building that you can work out. Yeah, cultural because center. Because right now, and we'll get to it in a minute, but mm-hmm. right now you're working out of other theaters. Out of other theaters. You're going to be at Roadless Traveled exactly. in June. Exactly. So, uh, so there's a movement to actually get you a theater. A theater for a space us Space for yourselves. There for the first time. Oh. What, what are the ambitions then? Do you think you want to do like two, three, four shows a year? No, we would like not we, you personally. We, I mean, but you I mean yeah, they, they, we, we would like to do like what well, like it, all the other theaters do here, mm-hmm. five or six plays. But we also wanted to create like a school as well. You know, oh, something for training for training to get the next wave of actors, playwrights. Set designers because the young kids that don't have and that and that's exactly and or they have to go to something expensive exactly and and with my experience in social work in the county, I would love to be able to bring some of that to also oh that'd be wonderful to bear to bear witness to okay so we can we can use performing skills to help these kids who are in foster care mm-hmm. or to be at-risk youth yes. and use art to keep them away from the streets. I got you. And because it's going to be right there in the community. It's going to be in the corner of Hudson and, and Niagara Street. Now, are you giving away something that, that is a, a secret? No, no, no. It's an existing building? Is it, no, it's just the, the, the land. Just the land. Just the okay. land. They have to raise then $10 million. They are about Ooh. five. Wow. Already. They, when you say they, who are we talking the, the, about? The council, the Hispanic Heritage Council. Yes, okay. The, that's the group that is trying to create this. And I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. here, I imagine that, that the building itself will be multi-use. It won't just be for raíces. Oh, no, no. It's going to be, um, they're going to have restaurants, they're going to have theater, they're going to have, they're trying to also have radio and different organizations to be able to utilize it because we have a, a different, like we have Bate, which is another, it's like a bomba plena, it's, a, it's like a dancing group mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so we have different groups, but the theater, of course, is because we, we are the one that knows about theater, but the other aspects of the building can be utilized. My dream, I don't know if it's, that's going to be able to happen, but I always dream of having a for the first time in Buffalo, a Hispanic Heritage Center. Yes. But I would, la- would love to call it Raul Julia. Oh, the Raul Julia Theater, the Raul Julia, the Raul Julia Hispanic Cultural Center. Cultural Center. Yes. Boy, would that talk about coming full circle. That's right. 
That would be beautiful. That would be really good. And I don't think, I did some research, so nothing is called Raul Julia anywhere. Yeah. So that would be really fantastic. And people, I don't think people, well, obviously, you and I were lucky enough to have seen him live. But, you know, people might remember him from the from Adam's Gomez, family. the Adams family, <laughs> and those sorts of things. And, yeah. and he was such a, oh my his God. stage br brilliance was just... Okay, we need to talk now about what Raiz is, is going to do in June. Mm -hmm. I've already spoken to Victoria about it, so I know a little bit about it, but I'm going to pretend that I don't. Okay. So you can tell me. <laughs> but I will say this. It's going to be a one-woman show. A one-woman show. Featuring Victoria, Victoria. Perez Majoro. Yes. And I don't a, know if I have a date. Yes, we do. June 17th. June 17th to July 3rd. Okay. And, and your wife is directing. It's a musical. My wife is directing and writing it with her. They, they're collaborating, writing the, the piece. They did like a first run out first at the Pausa. Yes, Art House. Yes. Yeah, Art House. And that was a success. That was the first try. Now they are expanding it to be a one-woman show full mm -hmm. length. So they're working on it. It's about her life and her, her discoveries of art and acting and music and how it affected her, her sense of her Latinx, right? <laughs> His Puerto Ricanidad, her, her being Puerto Rican and how what it means and how all this music come together, how she grew up with this music and yes. what it means. And then the experience of leaving Puerto Rico, coming to the States, the story of all the Latinos here. Will it be filled with Latino music? Latino music and, and I, I mean, they're still developing it. Mm -hmm. So, but mostly I'm sure it's gonna be a lot of that beautiful music that means a lot to her. Yes. And, and she has like, a gorgeous voice. Oh, absolutely. Beautiful voice. Absolutely. Yeah. And so trained and wonderful, wonderful, wonderful presence. And mm -hmm. really, she's done so much, so much for the Latino theater here. I mean, I, I, I just wish they, they, they already put a, a, one of those uh, blocks in the, in the theater, in oh, the theater oh, district guess, already because yes. she's done so much, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. It's going to be a really beautiful piece of coming to, to her own, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, so it's, we're excited. Her growth into, as an artist? As an artist, as a human being, oh. as a mother, as a sister, mm -hmm. as a wife, as a theater person. You know, so it's it's all all encompassing her life and her relationship to the art mm -hmm. that that had been her main goal in life. I see. Yeah. I see. So it's it's really exciting. And they're still developing it, but yeah. but it, things are getting close. Oh yeah. I mean, we're talking, I mean they already did a lot of the work already. Away. This yeah. is more about expanding and making it for the performance that, that we are about to do in June. Mm -hmm. So it's a little, it's a little expand, expansion. I see. It's what it I is. see. And, and you feel it will have appeal beyond the Latino community? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> and, and people, I, I, the reason why when we got together and decided, okay, what are we going to do this year? And I, to, I told, I told, I was one of the guys that said, let's do what you started. Finish oh, it. I see. Finish it. Because we need to know your story. We need to know where you come from and your relationship to art and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, at the beginning, oh, I don't want to talk about it, but, but it's, it's so good. And you are so well known. Just your name mm -hmm. is going to bring people. That's right. 
That's right. Right? She's become very well known. Exactly. And as so a performer, as a director. As a director, mm -hmm. as an actor, you know, as an artistic director, you know, so as an ensemble member for the Rollers Travel, you know, so it, many, many aspects of, of her artistic life is worth putting it on stage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so my hope is that she can show those struggles and the inspiration for her to get to, to this point and be able to show it to everybody. Maybe you don't know this answer, but what was the inspiration for even starting this over at Pausa Art, Art House? What possessed her to want to start telling this story? You know, I don't know specifically. I just, <clears throat> I do know that she started to do poetry as well. She started writing poetry. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that's one of the things that inspire her, is that she started to write poetry, and why not? Mm -hmm. Why not do something like that and, and, you know, portray through her art the beautiful music that is part of our culture? I see. You know? But I don't know specifically, but I remembered a conversation about poetry being something that got her really inspired to continue storytelling. And that was an aspect of her that she had not done before. So now that she's doing more poetry, all of a sudden, wait a minute, there's another aspect of my life. So why not? <laughs> That's when I said, let's put it all on stage. Let's put it all on stage and, nice. and make it happen, you know? And, and it's a tribute to her family, a tribute to her dad, because her dad was very, very instrumental in the community here when it comes to the arts. He was one of the first voices of radio. He, he, he wrote for the community newspaper. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's, a, it's a continuation of that legacy. There's a lot of story to tell. A lot, a, a lot of story to tell. Are there any other future plans you can reveal, aside from this, the possibility of the whole Latino Heritage Center? Are there any other future Raices things that, that you have we are, on the... Well, we, we usually, because of COVID, of course, we sure. had to stop everything. So this one, we had to do it in, in, with a quickness because it was coming. And so for next year, after this is done, we finish with this part of this year's work. We're going to get together and then we're going to expand on what we're going to do next. Mm -hmm. But we have no plans yet. I see. Because we needed to concentrate on on this one, uh, at least to get it up and running. Ideally, what would you like to... I mean, obviously, when a new theater is actually mm -hmm. built, then you mm -hmm. can have a whole season. But ideally, right now, you sort of have to work around, well, their plans here at Roadless Travel mm -hmm. because you, you fit into their schedule where they have an exactly empty slot. Exactly right. So, but ideally, would you like to do... Two or three shows uh, in next I, season? When I told Victoria the other day that I am missing doing a Spanish play. Yes. You know, and the issue we have is that the difference between the population here in comparison to, for example, New York City or even Rochester, the Puerto Rican community or the Latino community in Rochester, it's a lot more active. It's a lot hmm. more involved. Hmm. For example, politically, Rochester voted for the first elected official back in the 60s or 70s. This, ours happens in the 90s. Mm. <laughs> so our Latino community here is way behind. Like for us, most of the people that come to our place 
are non-speaking, no Spanish-speaking people. Well, that's what one of my questions goes. Is it going to be the show with Victoria? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be in English or it's is it going to be, be in Spanish? It's going to be both. It'll be in both. both. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be by but what do you, how do you explain the fact that Rochester, is it just a larger population? Larger population, of, of but Latino? also cultural in terms of politically. Because Rochester's festival, the Hispanic festival, yes. they've been doing it for decades and bring huge amounts of people. Mm. Huge artists, Celia Cruz, Ruben Blades, huge people come to Rochester. Yes. Buffalo Latino community is a lot smaller and less culture mm-hmm. in that in that sense. Okay. We have to fight teaching our community the word theater. <laughs> Put it in their vocabulary. Instead of going, ah, oh, let's go to the, the movies or let's go to a, you know, a band or a club. Going to the theater is not part of the vocabulary. I understand. So we, we've, we've been fighting with that. We've been cultivating that. We've been, that's one of the barriers, you know. But it's, number one is because we're not close to the community. Number two, we don't have a place of our own. Mm-hmm. And the Latino community do not have here radio stations in order for us to be able to promote. I see. So I see. in that sense, we are breaking ground yes. in many ways. And there's a big gap that's missing, and there's a lot of thirst a for lot it. Of thirst for it, but it's a big gap. So my hope is that, yeah, we started, we're doing here things and here and there. You know, we letting ourselves know that when we move actually to our, our own theater in the community, that's when things are going to start to expand. Yeah. And we'll be able to do more plays in Spanish and in English and do both, you know. we. I mean, I was when I was at the Spanish rap back in the 90s, for the first time they introduced, when we were about to do Gabriel Garcia Marquez's play, they've never done any place or anything of his until the art theater started working with this director from Colombia. For that, the theater introduced wireless earphones. So for translations. Can, yeah, so people can see it in Spanish mm-hmm. or hear it in English. Oh. And that, my goodness, improved their membership like crazy. <laughs> so what I'm thinking is that here, Eventually, what we can do is the same. Yes. We can do the play in Spanish, but we can hear it in English so people don't get lost, but at the same time experience it in a different language. Like an opera, like a, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So I'm thinking that if we can do that for the non-English speaking plus to do a play in English and the people who speak Spanish can hear it in, in Spanish right. and see it in English. Right. And it's the, the reversal. Mm-hmm. And that could also bring more and more. I imagine that if we are able to have the theater where people can walk to, right? That would be nice. That would be great. To right in the neighborhood. A neighborhood. Right in yeah. the neighborhood. Yeah. Right in the neighborhood. And that, I think, what is going to be the, it's going to make the difference mm-hmm. for us to actually start to cultivate a whole new audience <laughs> that have never experienced this and might create opportunities. Because that part of our mission statement is to create opportunities for artists of Latino descent to yes. be, you know, working and playwriting, directing, you know, acting, dancing, music, you know, and give that to the community. So 
It's a beautiful dream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so far, English speaking have been able to support us, and we're so grateful. And that's the reason why we can't do a lot of Spanish plays mm -hmm. because of that. Right. Thank you thank so you. much for doing no, this. No, thank you, and thank you for for you doing this. It's it's very important, you know, for us as a as a industry. I tell people, you don't know how lucky the Buffalo community is to have such a prolific. Mm -hmm you know, industry here. We, we're going to keep on growing as a, as a community. Thanks, Rolando. Thank you, brother. Good to talk thank to you. you. No, thanks thanks for you, coming. Brother. Yeah, well, you can still go to the theater. I know it's I know it's getting lovely outside, but why can't you do your lawn and your, your gardening and get the flowers in and get the vegetables in, and then you get, get up and you go to the theater? Who said the theater season has to stop on June 1st? Who said that? Did anybody say that? In fact, outdoor theater with Shakespeare in Delaware Park is just beginning. I, oh, never mind. Rolando Gomez, terrific guy. Catch him, if you can, in some theater production, somewhere. He's a very talented man, and... Oh, I love when this happens. There is that organ. A hint at what's to come this summer. I'm gonna let this play a little bit, because, you know, it was a lot of effort to put this music together, and I want people to hear it. So let's listen a little bit. It's our new history of something or other theme music for the summer. This time we've got drums and we've got guitar and we're still missing something important like a lead melody line, but maybe next time. And speaking of next time, a real treat for you. We have the full Saul. Saul Elkin will be here to tell his story. You won't want to miss it. It's our special tribute to the great man himself, Saul Elkin, here on RLTP's Off-Road with me, Pete Pomisano. Pomisano.